Before we get into today's episode, we are so excited about our new weekday studio show, NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews, tipping off the start of the NBA season with exclusive content debuting on ESPN Tuesday, October 19th at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 Pacific. Alongside Malika, there will be a full cast of NBA experts and insiders, including Kendrick Perkins, Cheney Agumake, Vince Carter, Zach Lowe, Woj, Ramona Shelbourne, and many of our NBA reporters from around the league. Get caught up with the latest from around the NBA on NBA Today, 3 Eastern, noon Pacific on ESPN and ESPN app. One app, one tap, and also available as a podcast. Listen to NBA Today wherever you get your podcasts. Also, Baldman on Campus is a new ESPN podcast hosted by Jay Billis, LaFonzo Ellis, and Seth Greenberg. These ESPN basketball personalities give you an all-access pass inside the world of college basketball, talking to the biggest names in the sport. That's Baldman on Campus. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Guys, welcome back to DC and RC. We'll preview Aspen Lad's move up to 145 this weekend, but first, we discuss some of the best combat trilogies of all time. The only time you can't be second when? is if you lost the first fight in a trilogy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What a transition that was. I love it. The only time the only time you can be second is in trilogies. And guess what, RC, after last weekend? We have seen some fantastic trilogies over the course of our lifetime. And so we bring in our friend, Corporate Jake, to run us through this segment as RC and I start to rank the greatest fights of all time. Jake, are you coming on or is it just me and RC? No, I can I can take it. And yeah, take since, it for me. Okay, let's go. Since it's win. RC's birthday, we will let him yes. give his rankings first. Whoa. Well, okay. no, no, Jake, say it correctly. Since RC absolutely blew DC out you did, wait, with the last wait, list. No. With the last like list. You've been here before. RC. Like you've been here before. But I haven't been here before, DC. So you I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited. You over here dancing in the end zone. Like you got all kinds hey. of 50 yard pillars. DC, do you know how you keep people from dancing? You beat them. You didn't beat me. Okay. All right. So I'm we're gonna, gonna start. Beat you today. All right. So we're gonna start at number five. At number five, and this may be a little bit of recency bias. I am going to go with Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury, and I'm going with this fight not because it was extremely competitive or we watched one guy win one and another lose. The fact that these two men came out three times and they gave absolutely everything they had. The stories surrounding who they are as people and the third fight. For both men to be down on the mat, for both men to continue fighting, for us to see probably of the three fights, the, the least skill we saw from Tyson Fury, right? But the first time he said, you know what? I'm going to come out here and brawl. And then we actually saw that Deontay wanted to wanted to show skill. Deontay wanted to show technique. He came out with jabs. He, he went to the body. So that's number five. At number four for me, I'm going to go Chuck Liddell and Randy Couture. Now, here is why this is very important to me, DC. Let me tell you why it's important to me. This trilogy truly, truly is kind of what got us hooked or got me hooked on the UFC. I talk about the DVDs I used to buy all the time, man. Like I was stuck on these DVDs, the, the greatest knockouts and all these different things. But Chuck Liddell was my champion, right? You know, you see a dude that walks out 
built like a soccer dad, skinny arms, big <laughs> belly. You know, he he, yeah. he 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 fights with his arms here, throws punches from every angle. So I loved him, but I love the contrast of who Randy Couture is. The fact that he could be the heavyweight champ, he could be the light heavyweight champ, Captain was America. a great Captain wrestler. America. You know, all these things. And mm -hmm. so I thought the fact that also too, all three fights, DC knockouts. All three mm -hmm. fights mm -hmm. ended in Chuck Liddell fashion. Now, at number three, I'm going to go with Stipe Miocic and Daniel Cormier. Now, oh, yeah. this is oh, not, yeah. this is in no way recency bias, but this is what you want it to be, right? One guy wins the first fight. Another yeah. guy wins the second fight. And so in the third fight, we not only have two great champions, but you got the rubber match, right? You got mm -hmm. the fight that mm -hmm. we get to prove mm -hmm. who is the best man. And it was during the time, like, we needed that entertainment, DC. Like, we needed two gladiators, two warriors to go out and leave it all in the octagon. And that's what we got. So to you, my friend, I am forever grateful for your sacrifices for all of us <laughs> UFC fans. All right. At number two, I'm going Arturo Gotti, Mickey Ward. Mm, now, mm. here's now one. I went mm. to the third fight. I was at the third fight. I got an opportunity to go to Atlantic City and see these two. Wasn't as good though. It wasn't was, as good. Wow. Can you can you let me finish? No, it wasn't as good as <laughs> okay. the first two. But when the first two are as good as the first two are, DC, of course you're gonna have a little drop off. Like we're not. But they rope. They rope. They roped you in. You bought a ticket. You flew to Atlantic City. I you was. I, I took a drive. I was playing for the Giants at the time. I drove. Okay, I was okay, in New okay. Jersey. So don't make it like that. And it was great. It was still <laughs> a great fight. Two men can't stand in the middle of the ring and punch each other in the face like that three times. All right. And at number one, and if you don't have this or that number one, DC, we obviously cannot talk and can no longer do the show. Ali Frazier. That is the, the yeah, you have the fight of the century. You have mm -hmm. the Thriller Manila. Mm -hmm. That is truly the greatest combat sport yeah, yeah, fight yeah. trilogy of all time. So don't don't try to hey, change right. it now, Corporate Jake. Right. He can't try to change it now. You know that, no, I, that he was no wrong. Way. I don't need to. Ryan, you lost. <laughs> you actually lost, Doug. It's over. I love your effort. Love the fights. They're all great fights. But Ryan, you lost. I mean, he lost. Tell me how. Listen, Ryan, I'm not a guy. I'm not a guy that pats himself on the back very often. But at number <laughs> Are five. You not? Are you not? Yeah, yeah. Well, I am. At number five, Liars. Ryan, Ryan, uh, I've got a bit of a split here. All right. At number five, I've got a bit of a split. I've got, no, come back, come back, come back. Ryan, come back. Ryan, come back. Hey, dog, come back. I'm sorry. What do you mean? Like, I couldn't pick a clear fifth. I got a bit of a split here. I got, at number five, one of my favorite fights of all time. Gotti versus Ward, your trilogy. I'm not going to speak on that. And another one of yours, me and Stipe. Those are two great trilogies that I thought were pretty similar, Jake, right? You got Jake. the win, the loss, the win. Could I finish, please? I sat here quietly while you did your list. At number four for me, I got Frankie Edgar versus Gray Maynard. That was a great trilogy. When Frankie was getting knocked about all over the place to come back and save a draw, and then the win in the way that he did. And then to win in the third fight the way that he did in Houston was crazy because he got hurt again early. Frankie Edgar versus Gray Maynard at number four. At number three, love the Tyson Fury fight. Love Deontay Wilder. But Ryan, it was only maybe the third greatest heavyweight trilogy in boxing of all time because the second greatest boxing trilogy of all time is Riddick Bull versus Evander Holyfield. Holyfield. 
mean, knew he was going to go with that one. Do you remember? I knew he was going to go Evander with that one. Holyfield versus Riddick Bowl. I do. One? Yes. Riddick Bowl was the man. Nobody thought Evander had a chance. Riddick Bowe loses one, the belt to Evander Holyfield. He's a brawler. How's he going to beat the boxer? Evander wins. Riddick Bowe comes back. Fan man. Fan man. That's a good one, DC. No, that's a good one, DC. Ring. I mean, come on. It had everything. At number two, I agree with you. Chuck Liddell, Randy Couture. Randy Couture broke him down in fight number one mm-hmm. and beat him. Yep. And then Chuck came back in the next two fights, knocked him out to win the title or remain champion. And number one, you're right, the thrill in Manila, Ali versus Frazier. Nothing will ever touch that. The ebbs and flows of those fights, the 14th round, yep. I mean, Frazier landed and boom, left hook, left. Top, side <laughs> out, oh, out in Madison Square Garden, right? Tremendous. Greatest sports trilogy of all time. So once again, I will listen. Cormier Miocic tied with Gotti Ward. Edgar versus Maynard. Bo versus Holyfield. Liddell Couture. And lastly, Muhammad Ali versus Joe Frazier. So Ryan Clark. DC, can I ask a question? <laughs> what? What? How come every what? time we do a list, <laughs> you have some type of multiple answer? Bro, what do you mean? Like, I'm just saying. Like, just... So should we make it a top six list, DC? No way. DC, no way. DC, every time. You, bro, one time you selected the entire Diaz army, the entire army. But that, was, what, but that was just five. But DC. The, at number five, I chose the Nick Diaz army. I didn't say Nick Diaz, Jake Shields. You did Gil say Melendez, their names. No, you said that, their names. That would have been, that would have been eight. But you said, I said the singular army. The, the army is one. They're, they are one. The singular Nick Diaz DC, army. Is you what picked, I picked. And you picked the Pistons, bro. You picked the Pistons. What do you mean? Every time we what do, do you... a list, DC, you have all of these multiple answers. Like, why can't you just stick to the rules? Like, I, I stick to the rules for somebody. Bro, for, somebody for somebody who fought it? within the rules for over three dang decades in wrestling and the Olympics <laughs> and the UFC right, and, right, and all right, of these, right, right. I, I, it's it's absolutely amazing that, hey, that you can't love stick your part, to the rules. Love your haircut. Love your part. Love your haircut. But you know, looking at this list. Admit it. Admit it like I admitted last weekend. Just admit it. Admit it like I admitted last weekend. So I'm going to say this. Just lost. I'm going to say this. One, you used two of my answers in one answer. Correct? So that's, I can't win there. What did you you say? You used two of my answers in one answer. Right? (laughs) To to go five. Uh, Then you do another one of my answers, Liddell Couture. My number one is your number one. Here here is where you beat me. Evander yep. Holyfield, Riddick Bowe yeah, is better. That was a better trilogy. It's a better yes. trilogy than Fury Wilder. It was recency bias. You, you yeah, won. I told you. You, you tried won. to. You tried to. You tried to preface it with that. Well, it might be recency bias, but I saw right through it because I knew. I knew I had you when you put that trilogy in. I knew it would happen to you. I knew it would rope <laughs> you in. And look, <laughs> I got you again. And once again, I'm the champion. Golly. But guess what else, Dorsey? I know. I know it sucks. I know it sucks to not be able to win on your own show every week. But Ryan, guess who else has an opportunity this weekend to not only win a fight, but propel themselves into a championship title? We talked about that person You're last homie. week. And this <laughs> is what we had to say. But but put Ryan on the split screen as I tell you this. Ryan, the champion at 135 is who? Champion at 135 is Nunes. Yes, the champion at 145 is who? Nunes. So why not just go up? <laughs> you want to 
path to the championship. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand. Why it's the same person is what out? you're saying. It's the same exact person without having to cut weight. Why well, wouldn't you just go up? There, hey, right. There's no weight class ranking. There's <laughs> nobody in the weight class. If she goes up as the number three ranked bantamweight in the world, she may get a title fight right away. So I don't understand why she keeps killing herself to right. make the weight when she could just go up and fight the same person. RC, RC, come on. You pat, got to. Hey, pat ourselves on the back. RC, pat ourselves on the back. You said it, bro. Because I mean, you said both it. Of us, both of us. You were like, wait, yes. Like both of us. Makes hey, sense. Pat yourself, Ryan. On your birthday, give yourself a pat, my friend. Makes because sense, Because she bro. is actually I mean, now she fights Norma Dumont mm -hmm. in the main event next weekend. And if she wins, does that make Aspen Ladd the number one contender for the title at 145? I mean, I, you know, when you said it last week, I thought to myself, nah, DC might be tripping. And then you text me and you say, RC, what I told you. Somebody, somebody can't fight 145? Guess who steps in? Aspen Ladd. And now if she wins after Nunez defends her, her belt, she's probably going to be the next contender up. Wait, 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 wait. Did you say after? Like, wait. Are you saying that? Are you just no. saying she's beating Juliana? No, no. Wait, no. You wait. Wait, wait. Amanda Nunes? <laughs> yes. Yes, so absolutely. Wait, you just, absolutely. wait, so you're just going to say that she's beating Juliana Pena, no question that. I've been told you that. Like, why is this, why is this new for you, DC? Every single week, this guy disrespects somebody, man. I'm not, every week you no, disrespect somebody. I'm not, I'm not disrespecting anyone. Juliana Pena is going to be a very worthwhile contender. I am going to enjoy watching her put her best foot forward against Amanda Nunes. It is going to be, it, nope, it might be an exciting fight, but you and how I long, both how long, know. How long, how long, how long is it going to be, right? How long the fight gonna last? They right? get to like the middle of the third, maybe. Mm, okay, well, so you giving a little credit? Yeah, because Amanda, her a little credit. it's gonna be a fight. Amanda's gonna be a little rusty. You know, she had COVID the last time <laughs> they were supposed to fight. She's gonna have to knock a little bit of that ring rust off. Juliana is obviously a very good fighter. It's the rate way that she's worked and won her way it's to this opportunity. Boy. But we all know, bro, you're the only person that continues to come no, on this show I know, I and know, disrespect I know, the Lioness. No, Every I'm time not. you get an opportunity no, to disrespect no, Amanda Nunes, oh, I, I, I just don't understand why Amanda Nunes can't be treated with the same fandom, with the same respect, <laughs> with the same elusive <laughs> improbability <laughs> of winning that guys like Khabib Nurmagomedov is treated by you or guys hey, like no, Islam so Makhachev is treated so by you. All Amanda Nunes has done is one and one emphatically, yet and still you continue to doubt this woman and what she I is capable of I doing, don't DC. Her. I don't I don't doubt her. I just think that I just think that Juliana's tough. But I do believe that if Aspen can get it done, RC, it will make her the number one contender. And if I'm Aspen Ladd with all the weight issues I've had, I'm not going back down to 135. I'm staying up at Featherweight, where I go out there and I fight Amanda and hope to do better than everybody else because it does not look good at 145. Megan Anderson lasted a round. Cyborg lasted a round. And Felicia Spencer, honestly, RC, it looked like a sparring session. Yeah. So if I'm Aspen Ladd, I'm trying to get through Norma DeMont and earn that championship fight that has eluded me for so long um, against the greatest female fighter of all time and one of the greatest mixed martial artists of all time, a woman I respect tremendously, the GOAT, or GWOAT, as they call them, Amanda 
the lioness Nunez. Too late. But RC, you know what time? Too RC, late. you know what time? I'm it tapping is? out on RC, that. You know, RC, RC, you know what time it is? <laughs> it's time to tap in or tap out. And corporate Jake has got some topics for us. Corporate Jake, let's run it. We found out that Luke Rockhold had to drop out from his UFC 268 bout due to injury. So, DC, tap in or tap out that we ever see Luke Rockhold in the octagon again? Mm. I'm going to tap out. I'm tapping out. I I think he'll fight again. I know it's hurt. You know, it's herniated disc, L4, L5. And as a person that's dealt with back issues, I know how bad it can be. But I also know that Luke is young and in shape. He's not over 40 like I was when it happened to me. And I believe that he'll be able to work himself back into fighting shape. I'm disappointed because I was excited to see him compete again. And I thought this was a favorable matchup for Luke Rockhold. But I do believe that we'll see him fight again. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to tap out. I, 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 think, I think he fights again. But weren't we excited about get, giving him an opportunity to come back in the fight like a Sean Strickland? And so now for me, it's, it's where, it's where do, we, do we put Luke Rockhold? Like, like where is Luke Rockhold? going to be who is Luke Rockhold going to fight and so to 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 me does the, the does the UFC rush to put a guy who you said obviously DC he's not over 40 but he's also no spring chicken and when yes. you think when you think of back issues back issues it doesn't just it doesn't just keep you from being the best you can possibly be on fight night it's what it keeps you from doing as a train as, as training right what it keeps mm-hmm. you from doing pre-fight and when you have an injury like this, an injury that can flare up at any time, an injury that causes other injuries to the posterior chain, because as someone who's had some back issues, I understand this. I don't know if Luke is ever at his best again or if Luke is ever at as the best he could be right now. And so I'm tapping out on him never fighting again, but I am not tapping in on him being a contender ever again in his career. And that's just, but I mean, Art Ryan, you know what you don't want? You don't want that tingling to start going down your leg because yeah. when that happens, boy, you're done. You're you're crawling around your house. And I mean, I have no idea how you crawl around a 20,000 square foot mansion, but you know, you just crawl whenever you're just on your when your back goes out like that, you just crawl. On to the, let's, let's, let's go to the next corporate Jake. <laughs> Earlier this month, Dustin Poirier was asked who could potentially replace Dana White as UFC president. Here's what he had to say. If if Dana, if let's just say it comes to a time where Dana wants to retire or walk away, who does Dana's job? That's a tough, tough spot to fill. Um, I'm not sure. I, I think uh, Daniel Cormier, maybe. Maybe somebody who's been in combat sports. I don't know if he knows a whole lot about the business side, but I, I think he would be a great face of a, of a company. So, RC, tap in or tap out on DC being <laughs> UFC president? DC, how much you paid Dustin to say that? Be honest. I never, pay, I didn't even know he was going to say it, but like, I'm. I promise you, I, I never told him that, RC. I'm, ta- hey, I'm tapping all the way in on this because here's what I know. Once DC's the president, guess who has a job at UFC, guys? Oh, RC. Right hey, we're going to be, be up in that I'm going to be right there. I'm going to be his right-hand man. We're going to be at every fight. We're going to be in all the arenas. We're going to be exactly what Suge Knight said Puff Daddy is. If you don't want the executive producer all, all in, in the, the video, video dancing. <laughs> hey, I'm going to be right there with you, DC. So absolutely, I I am tapping in on D, but you know what? I think I look at this much like Gene Upshaw, who was once the NFL PA president. 
And, you know, now we do have Demora Smith, who's in the news for other reasons right now. But the the type of relationship Gene was able to have with players, the understanding that he was able to have in the uh, contract negotiations. I think somebody like Daniel Cormier, somebody like D.C., who's been on both sides of it, not necessarily from the business side, but in the meetings that you, you were a part of now, being a side of the media, working for the UFC. I think you're starting to understand the business of it even more. But to have that former pl- former fighter point of view, I think would be huge for the UFC, huge for the advancement of fighters. And I think everybody would be in support of that, especially me because of my new job and all of my free tickets. I think that, okay, so for me, it's like, it's here, tap out. Because guess what? Dana White is the face of the UFC and he's a guy that's a lifer. He's Bob Arum, right? He'll right. be, he'll do this thing for as long as he possibly could. And guess what? We're better for it. We're better for it because of his, his, his desire to propel and push the UFC to the next level, no one ever could do it at that rate. And he's also got a demeanor about himself that he doesn't care what people think. Right. He loves the UFC and he puts the UFC first. And I don't know if anybody could actually replicate that right. and be as, 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 as immune to taking shots as Dana is. Cause Dana yeah. doesn't care. He does not. Dana loves the company and the organization. Now, is there a job within that company that I would love to be? Oh, yeah. But that one, <laughs> not so much. Is there a job I would love to have? Sure. But to be the president, and plus, man, you got to be a businessman. Right. You got to understand the business you do. of fighting like Dana does. This is a billion-dollar corporation. And for a guy that doesn't really have that background, it's not easy. Corporate Jake. Our own Brett Okamoto has an article stating that Habib versus Tony is the top what-if fight in UFC history. So, DC, tap in or tap out on Habib Tony being the number one what-if fight in the UFC. I tap out. I tap out. Wow, this is the first time I've tapped out multiple times in one show. I think that fight was Anderson Silva and George St. Pierre back 100%. in the day. 100%. Yeah. 100%. I think that was the fight. And as we've seen Tony later... And seeing how he struggled with guys that made a real attempt at taking him down, mm-hmm. you kind of see how a fight between him and Habib would have played out. I was very worried about that matchup for Habib. I was like, wow, he's the toughest fight he could have. And But after watching guys that made a real effort, and there were glimpses of it before, when Kevin Lee was able to get him down in their interim title fight, he got to the mount and beat Tony up until he got fatigued and got submitted. So... I, I think it's GSP Anderson. There was more of a desire to see those two guys at their peak than anything we've ever seen. And I truly believe that it would have been the highest skill level yeah. and most competitive fight of two champions fighting at that time. Yeah, I, ta- I, I tap out on that too. And when when you think of Anderson Silva, George St. Pierre, those were those were runs and reigns that we have never seen before as a champion. Even though K- K- Khabib's reign... A champion was great, right? Because you you know you beat Justin and you beat you beat Connor and even during that during that time you beat Dustin. So you have these wins, but you don't it have the type was a bit of short. It was a yeah, bit it, short. It was short, right? You you, you didn't get the type short. of supremacy yeah. we got from those guys. And, to, and Tony goes on this amazing run of fights, but even during that amazing run, he wasn't seen as a George St. Pierre or mm-hmm. an Anderson Silver. These, no. these, these were two dudes that carried divisions. For, for for very long eras or for very long periods of time. And too, though, like when you look at, at, at who they were from a skill level 
standpoint and from a respect standpoint, from understanding that whether it was, you know, whether it was Carlos Condit or whether it was Matt Hughes, that, that, that George St. Pierre would find a way to attack your weakness and Anderson Silva being able to disrespectfully yet respectfully beat any man that stood in front of <laughs> and him. And kiss you. And then kiss you. Yeah, I, Anderson I, was tripping up. <laughs> Anderson would beat you up and then kiss you, dog. Like, kiss you. Yeah, that, 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 that's different. I tap out on that, DC. <laughs> Yeah, I'm tapping out RC, but but like you said, man, and there were glimpses during Tony's 12 fight yeah. win streak that you saw he might have struggled with a guy like Habib Nurmagomedov. So tap out for me, Corporate Jake. One more. Last week, our own Daniel Cormier had some fun with current WWE champion Big E. So RC, tap <laughs> in or out that DC could take on Big E and become WWE champion. I tap all the way in. I mean, what do you mean? Like the only the only reason they wouldn't let DC be the champion is because he has a Lafayette accent. He would be absolutely <laughs> amazing as the champion. And the other thing is too, who wouldn't believe that the Olympian, the UFC champion, could win a wrestling match? I believe that now. <laughs> what I'd love to see is DC backflip off the top rope. If we can get some DC backflipping <laughs> off the top rope to win the WWE Championship, I am all right the way here. in. Ryan, I'm trying to tell you right now, I can't do it no more. But when I came to AK in 2010, uh -huh. I was 260 pounds. I did a backflip. Can I do them anymore? I can't do a backflip <laughs> no more. And those are gym stories that should stay in the gym. But I did do a backflip. But guess what? I'm tapping in for my boy Big E in a mess wrestling match. But dude, one of the nicest people you've ever met, Ryan. Big E, he came over. I was at the next event, the National Association of Convenience Stores for Monster Energy. He came from his booth at Nestle to see me. We shook hands. We talked. We kind of got hyped and excited because the dude deserves to be the champion. He has yeah. grinded in that company since 2013, yes. and it's real nice to see him finally holding that championship, he said man. I just want I, you to know. Uh, I just want you to know this though. You're like you're you're talking about Big E leaving his station to come to your station like you're surprised, bro. You're a superstar. You are yeah. a combat sport hey, superstar. You're becoming a TV superstar, and people wow. are going to leave their booths and their stations <laughs> very often in the near future to the far away future to come meet Daniel Cormier, especially once you're in the Hall hey. of Fame, which I will be there for that. Hey, my brother, I appreciate that. But guess what? You know who else was a superstar RC? The K, the cat that kicked that field goal for Texas A&M last week. And my <laughs> yeah. boy, Jimbo Fisher. Wait, put the photo up. There's my boy, oh Jimbo. Oh, my RC. goodness. <laughs> this dude is such a, oh, my gosh. Dude, you are star chasing now, bro. Hey, you are, oh, hey, my. Ryan, Ryan. There goes my boy Jimbo, and I want to give my boy Jimbo a big congratulations and congrats, Ryan, to the Texas A&M Aggies as they defeated the bad guys from Alabama last weekend. So, big Jimbo, DC, thank you DC. for the video, my friend, and also, hey, congratulations, champ. Remember we said, remember we said, Jimbo, men do what they're supposed to. Boys do what they want. And on Saturday, the men did what they were supposed DC, to do. Let's DC. go, Jimbo. So now, up, all of a sudden, so now all of a sudden, you're an A&M fan, not an LSU fan. Early on in the year, you switched from Houston to Milwaukee, to the Milwaukee Bucks <laughs> in basketball. <laughs> I mean, do you have no loyalty to anything, hey, DC? Hey, listen, listen, listen. First off. Oh, my God. I don't know. 
Ryan, I don't know what's going on in Baton Rouge. I mean, I don't know. Next, you're going to be doing a show with George Sedano. Golly. You're going to leave me. (laughs) Ryan, we lose to Kentucky. When did we start losing to Kentucky, Ryan? We're bad, bro. We're bad. We're not a a good football team. Ryan, can I say something? Meanwhile, in Stillwater. Ryan, meanwhile, in Stillwater. There he goes again, guys. What you mean? Talk to me, RC. RC, talk to you, boy. DC. Meanwhile, one, still I, I, I don't want to talk about college football anymore. You know who my college football team is? The Arizona, the Arizona State University Sun Devils, who beat the Stanford Cardinal this week. That is what's important. DC for president. DC for the most team <laughs> <No>. switching, team <laughs> jumping hey, fandom I know, hey, in the history ever. Hey, hey, what? hey, I know you saw. I know you saw my Giants last night take game three. You saw my boy Brandon Crawford take uh, that catch I'm sure, Mookie I'm sure, I'm sure at some point you were a Houston Astros was, fan too. Hey, listen, listen. Oh, yeah, because you know my boy Carlos Correa plays for them. So when everybody was talking about them cheating, oh. I didn't care at all. So we talk about Brandon Crawford taking that ball. The Dodgers winning and going up two, losing. And the, the Giants going up two to one. My San Francisco Giants, Bay Area representer, let's go. DC, you're not even from there, bro. That's my boy, Ryan Clark. Thank you for joining us. Bye, Next week, we'll see you again. Happy birthday, What a happy birthday. We are out of here.